Hey everybody, welcome to the 110th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, just a quick reminder to please support us on Patreon and get some cool exclusive benefits, like access to our Discord and LiveCast. So the first band we're going to talk about is Kaunashi. And Kaunashi are a mathcore quintet from Philly. And if you're not familiar with the band, they play heavy metalcore and mathcore with a very strongly narrative-driven, like, lyrical theme. Yes. Very frantic vocals, I think, have become more of the calling card as of late. Peter Rono definitely, and his bandmates, of course, I'm assuming as well, have really put a lot of care and attention to detail in the world building behind their whole metaverse as well. Fucking well said. World building. It's right. like, it is... It's exactly that, and uh, what I really like about Peter, uh, Peter, though very frantic, and I would say to a lot of people out there, I think it might be a little polarizing the vocal styling, but very divisive. Super, just like you can you can hear what the lyrics are, and man, do they fucking hit! And then they're about some they're about some real shit. Uh, this EP, like every other thing, uh, this EP has a full kind of story of an individual going through the whole EP. Um, Morgan Montgomery. Yes, yes, uh, man. I want to say that naturally Kawanashi has been stepping it up every release, right? Yeah, and we, of course, just to get this out of the way, we did talk about their album last year, Dear Lemon House, yep. You Ruined Me, Senior Year, which was an engrossing and emotionally in-charged album that I felt was a, a wonderful continuation of Why Did You Do It? And it definitely, as Levi was saying, saw some divided reaction, mostly due to the, the vocal approach. I think the, the thing is with Kawanashi and... We have, I mean, I specifically have always, I mean, I generally am the one to comment on the lyrics. Yeah, you've been more critical more. about it. But, you know, even in reviews, you know, it, it's acknowledged. Just Peter's vocals are a little, um, you know, you either like him or you don't like him. I mean, that's basically it. Because of just the the the, the, the cracking of the vocals. Sometimes I like it. Other times it's just not for me. But overall, I love that this ended up being Peter's actual vocal styling. Because right when Kaonashi dropped, I was like, oh, wow, I can't really wait till they figure it out more. But no, it turns out it is just that that frantic cracking, and it's just so unique. Um, and it really adds to that just distress and buildup of what the music already is. And then really, truly, the, the lyrical content yes, just I agree. matches it so fucking well. Uh, but overall, well said. Know, I'm always a sucker for EPs, right? just digestibility is amazing i can slap it on five 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 tracks six tracks or whatever knock it out moving on and if it's that good i can play it again you know Overall, they like pulled a dow boys here where they just really gave you such a dense ep of such quality eaters dude yeah just quality material song to song as well you yes know, just everything's very the songwriting is is very very good i'd say the songwriting production and the performances are all on par with yes. that of the LP. And that's a statement because you usually don't get the following, sorry to cut you off, but no. usually don't get the following EP with like production that's on par from to the LP. I totally agree with so you. I, um, that I think, but I think with, with equal vision, they're not going to release any trash as far as like production wise. It's, no, equal, but it's I'm equal seeing, fucking vision. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I agree. I think that they've, they have a good vision for putting out good bands, and it's it's pretty a pretty proven track record. There's some stuff, track record rather. There's some stuff that I I don't personally like vibe with, but but I think they caught some flack for putting out 
Kaunashi. Well, that's, that's the funny. thing. The thing is with the equal vision, I feel like they've always been more eclectic. I mean, fuck, they had Coheed and Cambria back in the day. You know, Fall I mean, of Troy. Fall of Troy. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just they're they're all over the place from the beginning. Right. Uh, but but I do want to go back to this. Uh, out of the Kaunashi releases. Once again, I am a sucker for the short and sweet, you know, cut to the point. But this EP is by far my favorite. It is going on my list of the contenders for the best of. I mean, I got to be real with you. There's like fucking three or four EPs on this episode where it's going right to my contenders list for best of 2024 already. Dude. This le- this uh, episode's got some fucking heat on I it. I mean, every sure. time I was like, am I put- I'm putting this on the list too. What the fuck? But yeah, so... Kawanashi. I agree. Uh, I think this is. I think this might be their best release yet. It's their heaviest release to it, date as well. Th- took the words out of my mouth. It is Chunky McChunkerson. There is some fucking breakdowns. <laughs> Everything is really good. And even I, I know the back vocals from uh, the guitarist. I believe uh, does mm-hmm. the lows. But even some of the lows Peter, been, even Peter, I believe in track two and three drops it down that register to the lows too. I'm like, oh, thank you there for mentioning go, that, Peter. There we go. Thank you for mentioning it because obviously Peter is still hitting hard as ever you know with the lyrics something that he excels at visceral emotive lyrics that are are very personal as well and again as I said about some real shit and as Levi was just pointing out this time around Peter is actually employing more of the original you know style more like more traditional let's say the less divisive approach Mm -hmm. you know kudos to, to Equal Vision for letting this band cook and just letting them that are letting them do their thing letting them set themselves apart because now you know hearing those metal vocals start to come back in more it's like it just it sounds great you know having having them mixed together is a little bit more what I was hoping for absolutely obviously absolutely. I want more of like the traditional style quote unquote I guess with this band but I understand what the, the franticness of that persona is supposed to be it's supposed to be a character within this metaverse so in that context it makes a lot of sense just to to continue doing that man i gotta tell you um uh this is this is a an album where it was really hard to find a favorite track you know it's like throwing a just a a dart you know at the wall just seeing where it fucking lands every track is so good yes uh i humiliation ritual i felt was lacking compositionally speaking musically speaking because it's sort of just this one retardando that is a part that continuously gets yes. slower. Yes. So they use like the slower, the breakdown, but slower gimmick for an entire song. But even then, it's a breakdown. Just give me it, baby. I, still but like- I was going to say that lyrically though, it, I think that definitely redeems the track. Cause you know, it's, I'm sure it's something that a lot of people can identify with. I want, so to, to pick the favorite track, I was like, well, they're all just heavy bangers. And so I had to go into like where the lyrical content really fucking hit me. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, it's uh, my favorite track would be uh, Sarah and the Scrape Me. Same. Holy Same. fucking shit. Wow. When the, the bottom falls out of that breakdown, like halfway through or so, that's yep. just like, God damn. Yep. And the, the way that they bring all these parts together that are like, like the, the two-step parts merge the breakdown parts like merge perfectly into the two-step parts and like vice versa they really know how to like navigate perfect transitions within these tracks and just a staggering amount of switch-ups on sarah and the scraped knee in general for sure just like a series of ridiculous breakdowns I, i like i said i feel like humiliation ritual was lacking a little bit but we got one if that had been track one i think this would have been an even better release i feel like that maybe humiliation ritual should have just been put down a couple tracks because we got one feels like the true opener especially with like the guitar plugging in sample that's a classic beginning into an the, album the thing is though it, uh that your opinion almost kind of 
It doesn't matter because no, 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 because because it doesn't though. Well, no, no, because of because of the the, the, legitimate. No, because of the story content. Yeah, you know that humiliation ritual. Dude, the lyrics has to be up front. You know, it's like you know that I don't know. Just well, it certainly sets the stage thematically for album kicks in. It just so I. So I cross the, the street. street. So right. I cross the street, and then it ends with the, the white woman being afraid of like him. Like, it's like, oh it's my god! I'm like, I just, oh my, oh my god! I just got a lot of anxiety. Like, it yeah. is a lot going on to that track. And like, like the first time I listened to it, I was like, it's kind of weird. I have nowhere lyrical, to go, like, and I'm scared of everyone. Yeah, says. like the, the 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 lyrical structure. I was like, is he really gonna keep? Oh, he, oh, really gonna keep doing this crossing the street thing? But then I kept, li- but I listened to the lyrics. I was like. Oh my fucking god! Like this hits. Yeah, it's this, powerful. It checks, man. It just yeah. Anyways, it's, they it, put together some great music videos for these songs as well. I'm not sure if you saw any of those. You but. know what, bud? I will be honest with you. I did not look at them at all. I kind of uh, I I fail at that sometimes. Yeah, Peter playing the principal at uh, Lemon House or whatever, and um, all right, talking no. to Morgan, Morgan Montgomery about his incident where he's crossing the street and gets you know junked by the two guys or whatever. Once again, just. Something unique. I mean, not only is the, is the sound of Kaonashi unique, then you got the, just the way they write and everything. You just it's have to hand it to them. They're yep. like one of the most unique bands in the scene, for yep. for real. Like, and I feel like next to the Cowboys, Boys, they're kind of very much at the forefront, in, especially in terms of like just raw popularity. Yep. Chef's kiss. Yep. Yeah, so we got one. Definitely hit super hard for me, compositionally speaking. I hate the sound of car keys. That single is like fucking almost a a year old now they, they dropped that single a long time ago also lyrically that fucking it's so good Everything's maybe not a year old they, they dropped that mid last year though without announcing this EP though so we've just been sitting on that single for a long time yeah, again just the, the, the switch up song we got one though are just ridiculous perfect how they that's what I was thinking of earlier when I was talking about how they moved between those blasting and tapping parts into like the two step I think I, I know we both favor Sarah and the Scrape that's the track Really? Yeah. That's first. No, that's that's the, that's my favorite song. I was I was getting to that. Okay. Just the um, because we got one. It's good. It's good. But yeah, let's give them Sarah and the Scrape Knee for sure. Okay. I, I guess I don't really have anything else to add other than like this is this is Kaunashi's best material to date for sure. Like they uh, man, they they really they they followed this a really great album with a collection of even better tracks i think so see all bands that released fucking shit in late december you could be like kawanashi and release the shit now and we would be talking about it early in 2024 and you'll make it to our lists you and know I, <laughs> I think that the, the just to i hate that we're sort of like dwelling on the whole vocal thing but like just to quickly add i feel like maybe that was a smart move from like i don't want to say a marketing perspective but it's certainly going to like reach a lot more people i think more people will be open to it with a bit more of of that well you're adding layers depth i mean everybody likes more than one more diverse range with yeah. vocals right there so i go. mean like you got some if it's a higher high-pitched thing throw some lows boom now we got a little you know comparison there yeah contrast yeah you know? I, I get bored of the same approach all the time for sure a little spicy a little sweet a little salty now you got a little umami going on you know it's nice to have a couple different personas in your back pocket to sort of pull out of course you have people like trevor who just had like two distinct personas but still Mwah. loved it but just like refined Anywho, so we're going to play for you Sarah in the Scraped Knee, which is track four from The Three Faces of Beauty, a violent misinterpretation of Morgan Montgomery. That's Kaunashi's new EP that came out on January 26th via Equal Vision Records. Also, rating, we forgot to do this for a couple albums last time, easily an eight. I would say a strong eight on this one, as a matter of fact. Eight as well. 
I'm almost tempted to give it a nine, but you know, there's it. I mean, what could what could possibly be better about this for me that would make that would make me give it a nine or ten? I I can't really tell you honestly. Oh, I'm gonna tell you why it's an, uh, an eight for me. I mean, once again, I mean the vocals are still polarizing to me. Like there, are, it's a certain uh, day and time that I yeah. can listen to Kawanashi. Sometimes sure. I just it's a, it's a lot of uh, cracking of the vocals, and I I can't do it. So That's gotta fair. be in the mood, baby. But. Yeah, it. I think it's growing on people collectively with every album they release, and it's really evident when I like I read the fucking comments on like YouTube or whatever. Now, mm-hmm. like, there's there's still a couple of people who are like talking shit, but I think that they've uh, they've earned a really devoted and loyal following from a lot of people. So, again, Sarah and the Scraped Knee, Three Faces of Beauty, and uh, that came out on January twenty sixth. Here we go.
All right, so that was Sarah in the Scraped Knee, which is track four from Kaunashi's new EP, The Three Faces of Beauty, A Violent Misinterpretation of Morgan Montgomery, which came out on January 26th via Equal Vision Records. Kaunashi in the running for most verbose album titles. <laughs> Goddamn right, dude. <laughs> Always a mouthful. I can, like, never remember it. So next, we're going to talk about Rat Punch. Rat Punch are a grindcore quintet from Knoxville, Tennessee. And they just dropped their new EP, Party Time, on January... F- oh, a second, sorry. They just dropped their new EP, Party Time, on January 26th. A big day for good music. Busy day. And we talked about Rat Punch back in 2021 when they dropped their debut full length. It's a drink. And now... <laughs> we received a boat. We both received that pretty well. Yeah. We, I, a little bit of... I think we we, uh, we talked about the production a little bit, but overall, we enjoyed it. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Uh, I mean, it, some, it, the performances could have been a bit cleaner and the production could have been a bit better, but I feel like they've corrected both of those things for the most part on this newer release. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it off the bat, the only thing I want to critique is the, the the vocal production is a little rough. Yeah, there's they've got two vocalists now. One of them is a, a dedicated synth player as well, so maybe they're still having some... You know, it's sort of still, still sort of dialing that two vocalist dynamic. Oh, I'm just saying that as far as recording goes, I just feel like oh, the, yeah, the, totally. the, the recording production could have been better. Yeah, production. Um, they're not mixed, you know, incredibly well, but I, I do overall feel like this EP sounds better than the album. I, I feel like the performances are tighter, so that maybe might be the, the biggest part of that. Okay, um, I'm going to kind of springboard off the whole uh, synth thing. Yeah. Let's talk synth. Yeah, that's a big element of their music. Yes. Um, the the last time we talked about them, we weren't we didn't really talk about the synth that much. But no. you you definitely this time. Well, as we were t- sometimes sometimes we talk about the bands before we you know do the the, the episode, but most of the time we don't. But uh, you mentioned that at one point they like during probably during it's a drink, and then after that they used a computer versus having an actual synth player. Yeah, if you so go back and watch if you go back and watch footage from 2021, they're performing songs that are off party time and they're performing them with some of the parts that are, are apparently supposed to be sampled or triggered live or whatever by the drummer, I think. Got it. Got it. But um, yeah, they've added they've added since a second guitar player and a second vocalist who is doing these synth parts live. So it's it's all those additions are much needed, especially if you yeah. want to represent the sound live and everything. Uh, another thing, just I wanted to, you know, the whole springboarding off the the synth comment. Uh, God damn it, Christian, do they a lot of these tracks? It's not even all of the EP. It's just certain parts of each track remind me of very early Locust. Locust, you said it, and it's it's that combination of power, violence, and, and math. Yeah, grind, it is, but like they, um, in the nicest way, I want to say that there are two to three like locusty parts where I'm like. That damn near sounds like, like moth, you know, moth-eaten deer head, but just done a little different, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not hating. I'm just saying like it's very similar to like locust riffs, which I love. And I mean, they really do add That's that a frantic point side. For me. But then, but then <laughs> they don't. They don't, it's not like this band just is like a locust thing. Like, no. like there's like this no, like no. it's like um in the in the soup. It's like twenty percent of like the the soup. You know what I'm saying? And then they <laughs> they bust into something else, and it's like oh now we're back to the PV again. Oh shit. Which okay. In turn, kind of yeah, which in turn makes them very difficult to classify. I mean, I introduced them as a grindcore band, but power violence being so closely but even related. PV, to, they're not even that much PV. It's like there's it's little, more the vocals that are the power violence. My dude, thing. they the Cookie Monster kind of a, a, a approach there, and also just the like the the unhinged 
sort of I don't want to say sloppiness, but like the rawness of it all, I think is sort of pointing. That's towards the thing. I, I feel like um, out of like, I mean, I would say this is the. I, I'm not trying to be mean here. This out of this episode, this is the more rougher in production that we're going to cover this episode. But saying that, that means nothing. It's just that everybody just kind mm-hmm. of, you know, just recorded just a little bit better. There's like one other release on this CPR, this episode I'm thinking of that's got rougher you production. We'll get there. We'll get, we'll there. get there. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to beat Rat Punch up about the production because it's just like a minor. No, no. But, but what I'm saying is like I think that the energy and the unhinged energy that they provide is it complimentary almost, to it, that. It complements that yeah, absolutely. Agree, it's like agree. you know, it's like um, sometimes when you hear like a, a D beat punk band or like a raw punk band, like it's like. You know, it is what it is. It's just fucking, it's punk, you know? Mm. So you kind of almost expect or, like, accept the the the, the weird production of yeah, it all. Yeah, exactly. But, it brings out a certain level of character, I think, from the players. And you get different, just depth to the performance that you don't get from the sterility of overproduced fucking yep. metal. Let's I, face uh, it. Song titles, y'all win on, on this play. one. It's great. Um, uh, two of my favorite tracks, not only because of the titles, but the actual track and everything. I would say Gunverment is amazing. <laughs> Uh, have not heard that yet. Well done, boys. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, also another one I have not heard, and I thought it was amazing. Naturally, naturally flavored with natural flavors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Very strong. Mwah, opening to the chef's CP. kiss. I love that shit. I I definitely favored both of those tracks and Palindrome track four. Palindrome as well. Palindrome yeah. was was a pretty good arrangement. It's not there. It, you know as far as song titles that's whatever, but that track is amazing as well. Right. Yes. Yeah. Not, not a funny song title, but. Those it's one of the more like aggressive like synth heavy cuts as I recall. Yeah, but I, overall though, um, I would say naturally flavored with natural flavors is my favorite track on this one. I would say government for me personally. Oh, okay. But yeah, great, great opening with that riff. What's funny that natural naturally flavored with natural flavors is the track that is from two thousand one, which is so funny because I feel like it's arguably better than the material on the LP from. Ain't that the same weird? Year. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. They've also. It's funny, this band has been around since 2014. Did you know that? Yes. Like, I had no idea who yep. they were until 2021 when they dropped that full length. So, like, that's sort of surprising for me. But I guess it's just some, like, local or regional level bands are just, they dwell in that space until they finally release it's something almost, substantial. Or, it's almost like there's, like, a lot of m- music out yeah. there. Almost. Huh? Almost. Weird. Yeah. All right. I get that feeling. Yeah. So this was great. Yeah, this was definitely, in a lot of ways, better than the album. It, the material is a bit more energetic. The performances are tighter. Tighter. The production feels better. It's just, it's just stronger overall. Uh, I gotta say, I also love how they recorded an arrangement of Cachaturian Saber Dance, because the main motif is just too characteristic to what they do. It just fits their whole personality like a glove, because they're basically like cartoon characters already. How there's an there's yes. level we did, we failed to mention like the level of like humor that this band that's coming across and what they do oh, just, lyrically. I mean, check, first of all, the song the, titles. The song titles alone yeah. is going to let you know that there's like the there's a little nudge band. nudge wink wink going on here. You know what I'm saying? So the little funny like skits or dialogue, summy tummy dialogue. That's like I wish there was more of those little Even moments. The honestly, those title. eccentricities. Even the title, Rat Punch, Party Time. Okay, well, I'm it's not a expecting a, a Kawanashi EP here, so it's, you know, it's like it's not it's not so, uh, such a brilliant title as "It's a Drink," which sort of explains the band name to the audience already. That, I thought that was pretty brilliant, personally. It's fucking top notch. But yep. um, I feel like "Gunverment" is the track, though. Yeah, all right, let's do it. It's it was like the lead single, and I think for a reason. So 
it, I mean, like the 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 bridge or like the the middle section of that song is like by far some of the more like aggressive and you know uh, technical material they put out. So I feel like it's a podcast song. Yep. Okay. So if I had to give this a rating, I'd give it a seven out of ten. I sort of weigh between six and seven, but I, I see a lot of improvement in what they're doing, and uh, I enjoyed this quite a bit more than it's a drink. So same seven, absolutely. So we're going to play Gunvermint, which is track five from Party Time. And that's Rat Punch's new EP that came out on January 26th. Here we go. So that was Gumberment, which is track five from Rat Punch's new EP, Party Time. That came out on January 26th. So next, we're going to talk about Falling with Scissors. And Falling with Scissors are a metalcore trio from Minnesota, otherwise parts unknown. And they just dropped their new EP, The Death and Birth of an Angel, on January 11th. And previously, this band had been embracing more of a screamo and emo, uh, emo violence approach. I'm not sure if you went back to their old stuff, but... Um, I did, and uh, obviously the name will tell you exactly that that's what they were. And their the yeah. name was pretty appropriate to that. Um, but also sort of perfectly suited for what they're doing now as well, I'd say. I just didn't know all the members of Vane went and moved to Minnesota and then formed <laughs> the band Falling With Scissors, and then they released this. It's amazing. It, I'll, I'll give it to you. They're... This, it's this, so is a, error, this is a great it's, release, but it's they so definitely zone. it's it's where it, yeah it's it's where it's very error. loathe as well since we're just sort of calling out the the sort of obvious influences that this band wears on their sleeve. There is an elephant in the room. We got to point that shit out. Uh, the sort of baritone guitar range and digitized production of bands like Loathe 
I would mouth of, breathers got the, you know that you know yeah too. yeah the whammy they got the whammy action it's sort of it, it's very much on the same level though as a lot of these bands like it's very much on the same level as like from joy and your soul keepers like they're really pushing it super hard conceptually I'd say like with their really like digitized electronic injected metalcore it's, and mathcore it, listen I might have started this in a weird way and might have like ruffled the feathers but like what I meant to say was. This is really good. Yeah. And like the thing is like all out of all the vein, I liked Arizona a lot. And to fucking just it is literally like they like like vein tossed them like a fucking torch and they grabbed the torch like, all right, we're gonna do like I'm not saying that they I mean they obviously yes, they sound like Vane. What the fuck ever. But it is just it is a continuation of like an album that I really enjoyed and I feel like this the sound is right there and I fucking yeah. love it so yeah. much. Yeah. And then per- I'm um, just like one last thing. I do yeah, yeah. want to say that as much as I'm saying vain, 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 there are some added things where like uh, the vocalist has a little more like a, the singy kind of side here mm-hmm. and there, but then once or twice kind of does this like Chino Moreno, like, like, Deftone. like Deftones, like adrenaline error, kind of like whisper shit, which I was down with. Um, bit of a new metalism is popping up here. It's and there great. For sure. It's great. But that's oh, not uncommon for the newest generation of metalcore bands either, though. But once again, um, I, 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 I want to kind of keep trying to like cover my tracks that I what I was doing there. But this, this, this was great. I really enjoyed the sound. Uh, it's exactly what I wanted. And uh, this is another contender of my 2024 best of for EPs already. Bam, added to the list. Yeah, you know? it's just like they really put so much care and attention into the arrangement of this tracks with that more like melodic cut on the back end of this of this EP. Yes, uh, there's even a trance moment popping up, on, or like you know, electronic dance moment, if you will, popping up on unequivalent exchange. Really excellent production, especially on the drums, which are just fucking. They got that pop. Yeah, they really just have that pop. The guitars are just fat as hell. The songwriting on this EP are definitely, like I said, on the same level as some of the best bands doing this glitchy metalcore shit right now, too. Okay, um, I'm going to jump in here. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving my two critiques. Yeah, yeah. Out of this seven-track EP, y'all start with an opener. It's got nothing going on. And then you got Trippin' Wires, which uh, three-fourths of the track is just just it is what it is and then at the end you kind of got some vocals and a little bit of a breakdown kind of thing yeah so it's a wasted um, real estate little, yeah. yeah yeah but conversely i can see what they were trying to do conceptually by giving this ep an album flow experience they're trying to like again with the 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 intro track the melodic cut on the back ends the sort of epic closing to the last track they they really were trying to like make this an album experience i think here at at uh, at the mathcast studios we um will always not favor having even a let alone two fillers on an ep save that for your fucking 12 track you know lp that kind of thing i just feel like okay how about this i agree i will always accept an intro like they have the zero one one zero blah 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 that whole thing i got it intro and then it does kind of kick right into go shell where that girl's voice kicks in you know mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah it, which is a very short track too yeah by the it way. checks out it, it's all very good. explosive yeah but just as far as an ep yeah i got some tracks do you really need a, a another one where it's like a lot of, an instrumental do you do you need an this, instrumental? this could have been five tracks exactly yeah, it could. It didn't need to be seven, but at least it's like the performances are really solid. Everything is very well written. Great production. Like this is this is like top notch in, in practically yeah. every way, uh, other than I think maybe uh, 
like, like you were saying, some wasted real estate and maybe a, not a lack of originality, but a very obvious channeling of some some influences. I'll go the point counterpoint on myself here with what I said there. I do want to say that that even though you know the, it's an intro filler track, and then you have the one at the at the I'm the, the, the second uh, the second to last uh, tripping wires, right? There is still a flow because you there, it's the glitchy kind of you know kind of sound going on from the beginning, and it flows through that. So even the it's not like we have like uh, an, an acoustic fucking track on track three or four, right? Where it just separates the EP <laughs> completely or the album. You're like, all right, what's right. going on here? That they kind of thing. So yeah, they don't do anything that's like so wildly uncharacteristic where you're just like, why why is this belonging? Or it just this doesn't belong here because everything that they're doing arguably belongs in where, where they put it. So yep, yep. Like it, it's it makes sense how this is arranged. One thing I thought was strange is I could only find one live video from this band. They've been around since 2017. There's only one video, so I'm wondering if maybe they scrubbed all their old footage because they were originally more screamo. Was or, the one more recent or what? It was from 2023, I think October. But it also could be that they just recently started gigging and it was like previously more of a studio project. So I think sometimes we gotta realize that most a lot of bands out there just maybe don't have the homie or just in a town that just nobody's recording them or something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, not everybody has the professional, you know, hate five, six coming and, you know, filming and dropping shit for you. You know, not everybody has like a, a band member who is a producer either. I mean, some of the bands in this episode do though. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a, I'm an avid skater, like uh filming and stuff for since like the, the nineties and stuff. And sometimes you just don't, don't got a filmer there and you just, or maybe you weren't thinking about even filming a trick. That sometimes just it goes by, and all of a sudden you're like, "Wow, we've been a band for two years. We have, wow, we haven't even made merch yet, have we? Oh, wow, we haven't had like, you know, that, that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Yeah. Well, you want to start with playing some shows, probably is a good a good place to start. Unless you're just like a fucking studio band who thinks that they're gonna like get famous off a fucking single and just get world tour offers thrown at them. Yep. Um, I'm gonna say the last thing here. My favorite tracks. Naturally, Go Shell it just comes in, ripping your butthole apart. Love it. And yeah. then... Um, Bit the short, but very aggressive. Short and, and some sweet, of, baby. Some of the best material on the CPR. And then, right. coming right after that, Atrophy Angel. Yeah, Atrophy Angel. Atrophy Angel. Thank you. I feel like that one maybe doesn't start off as quickly as I want it to in terms of like the aggressiveness, but like ultimately, I think that's like the best, well, most well-rounded track on the CP. Hmm. Although Blissful was quite nice. Uh, unequivalent exchange was also quite good too. I could take or leave the sort of trancey EDM part, but other than that, like, I mean, yeah, pick pick a track and you'll more than likely enjoy it. With the exception of the the two tracks we mentioned on the seven tracks, Sorry. right? <laughs> so five tracks. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, if I had to give this a rating, definitely a solid seven out of ten. Strong seven out of ten. Man, I gotta say, it's a seven. It's a solid seven. Um, it will be going yeah. on to my contender of the list and everything, but you know, you got, you were going to be an eight, but there's the intro and then the filler track there. And I was like, eh, eh. yeah, I agree. Seven out of 10 feels right. So I think we should give him atrophy angel though. Great. Yep. It's a bit more substantial than ghost shell. Although ghost shell, maybe I might like that a bit more, but it's, it's short. Yeah. It's so, ch- and, and plus there's like a bit of ambience in the beginning of the track out of like the 59 seconds or whatever so well, but then also like it's like a continuation of that intro track yeah let's let, let's let's do the other one yeah that's why it makes sense i guess huh yep anyway yeah so we're gonna play atrophy angel which is track three from falling with scissors new ep the death and birth of an angel which came out on january 11th here we go 
so that was Atrophy Angel, which is track three from Falling With Scissors' new EP, The Death and Birth of an Angel. And that came out back in January. That last part strongly reminding me of Under Oath. That singing part? Absolutely. I almost forgot that that part is in the fucking song, as I was telling you, because it's like sort of a multi-phased track with that electronic ambience in the middle that sort of partitions that last part. We generally don't go in this direction, but we gave you it that time. Well, yeah, I'm glad that we played that track nonetheless because it, it gave our listeners sort of a wider flavor of the entirety of the EP. Word. So next, we're going to play, we're going to talk about Lock Slip. This is really exciting. Lock Slip are a new chaotic metalcore, mathcore quintet from Los Angeles, California. And first of all, I just need to tell you how happy I am to read that sentence out loud because yep. <laughs> there's such a dearth of this style in this state especially ones that are of the quality of bands like Lockslip. East Coast owns this sound. Yeah, so I just, we need more mathcore bands out West, basically is what I'm saying here. And it's just really refreshing to see this band come along and just do it so well with, uh, you know, not in like a derivative um, hero worship kind of way either. I mean, there's some there's some pretty obvious influences peeking out here and there, but it's certainly not on the same level as some of the other bands that we're talking about in this episode, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, they just released their debut self-titled EP on January 26th, and it's already gaining some serious traction online, much to my delight. It's garnered the attention of, uh, attention of Will Putney, for example. So it, as it turns out, Levi explained to me, I didn't realize this, this band is full of people who are in like numerous other bands. So I think maybe that may have played some small part in kind of like helping them get off the ground a little bit. A little, little uh, street cred, you know, already well established in their respective yep. scenes. It sounds like also it's uh, interesting that, you know, they've picked up so much traction already. And then uh, to my understanding from reading an interview, uh, it seems that they still have not even been playing live and they're still just uh, kind of uh, uh, building up shows. Working and on really, more music, right? Yeah, and then focusing on you know producing more music. <laughs> which, which is, is bloody fucking, fucking exciting. No, yeah. it's great. I mean, especially because it's a full fucking band. It's not like it's like a one-person project, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to say right now, this is one of the bands to watch in, in 2024. I, I can see this band seriously fucking blowing up. Yes. The... First, Everything is there, like all every. It's just so much box checking. You exactly. Know? Uh, just uh, everybody does their part. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna go into it as much. Just fucking vocals. Everybody's doing their fucking part. Great it's performances a, it's, from every member of the band. Exactly. Great Song, vocals. Great lyrics. Great s- drumming. Guitar. Guitar work is probably my favorite. Ultimately, song structure is fucking amazing. Just uh, great song. It's exactly what we want to cover here. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's like I it is. Math. I just wish there was more. Like, that's my only complaint. Is it's it's four tracks and it's not enough. Like I want more. This is like a better lover situation, but. The songs are actually good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't compare to Better Lovers. Uh, I mean, I love, I'm, I'm just kidding. I like the Better Lovers EP, but it's just like, you know, 30, 30 under 13 was the fucking. I would take this EP a million times before I touch the Better Lovers EP. Same. Uh, this is, once again, though, this uh, this is the third one I'm mentioning on this episode, which, God damn it, it's only January. Uh, it's like late January, but uh, this is going on the contenders of the, the best of for 2024 oh, for yeah. EPs. I, I mean, I'll say it right now, this is going to more than likely crack my top 10 APs for yep. sure. Yep. Yeah, it's just, um, it's everything you want. Like, they bring a great blend of influences ranging from you know, converge to a bit more of like the kind of HGM2 sound to like converge inspired bands like Cult Leader. It's just fucking, it, it's everything that that I want out of, you know, chaotic hardcore, metalcore, mathcore, whatever you want to call it. Agreed. 
This is this is really excellent. Uh, from that point, all I got to tell you is just a favorite tracks. It's gonna be the Guillotine Blueprint, and then uh, Evil opening. Evil Doer. Yeah, Evil Doer, I think, is some of the most the strongest, most memorable material, especially with that kind of like dissonant sort of pull off e bridge that they do. Yeah. But Bend, I felt like was ultimately the most impressive display of songwriting on this track on this EP, though. I feel like it's got some of the more like math core parts. Guillotine Blueprint was quite good too, but I once it hits that kind of like aimless arrow guitar lead part, I sort of mentally check out just for a second. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. It's, a very, it's a very, very convergy in that one section of that track. But a little, little snippet, a little, little tiny bit. Not to their detriment, though. Just, just like, like with Rat, again, just like with Rat Punch with the Locust kind of thing. It's just yeah, like yeah, you yeah. know, all right, you know, sometimes the influences show. Yeah, mm-hmm. strongly pointing towards influences, but like not in a way that it's like uh, necessarily annoying or off-putting or whatever. I think you want we've used it. before a little tip of the hat. Right, right. Yeah, a little tip of the hat indeed. I think we both agreed Evil Doer. Then I'll just, I was going to say Bend, but nah, Evil Doer. Evil Doer is probably the like the the crowd favorite. So we're going to play Evil Doer, which is track three from Lock Slip's debut self-titled EP, which came out on January twenty-sixth. Here we go.
Have you ever heard of insect politics? Neither have I. All right, so that was Evil Doer, which is track three from Lockslip's debut self-titled EP, which came out back in January. <laughs> back in January. Five days ago in January. We are finally getting to, like, the new shit. Like, last episode we had to do a little cleanup from the... But that's all their fucking fault. Every band that dropping shit. All and December releases. Speaking yeah. of that, let's get into this band, Inertia, <laughs> which dropped their album when, Christian? <laughs> December 13th. Interesting. Or December something. All right, go ahead. In, in, introduce them. Yeah, December 13th. <laughs> you put them on blast right away. Yeah, so um, next we're going to talk about Inertia. And Inertia are a technical death metal quartet from Buffalo, New York. And we talked about Inertia back in 2018. So it's been quite a while when they released their debut LP, Teratoma, which saw the band bringing together some elements of tech death, deathcore, mathcore, and very curiously math rock. Uh, sort of an uncharacteristic combination of genres. Wouldn't you agree, considering the latter? It's so weird that I want to say yes, but it's all math, and we should just have accepted this. But something about that whole brutality, and then you toss in that beautiful, really well done math rock as well. I I do think it's well performed, but I will say that I feel like those math rock, we'll just get right to my critique. I, I feel like the math rock parts tend to stick out like a sore thumb and they're like rarely integrated into the tech deck, tech death parts of, of like uh, they're not they're not like intermingled with the, the tech death arrangements. They're sort of just completely separated into their own track as their own thing. And they kind of just like switch on math rock mode and then switch back to like tech death math Corey kind of stuff. What do you want? You want an acoustic track? No. What, what I'm saying is I want to see those parts more effectively integrated into the arrangements, I guess, not just like they have to like play the math rock song and then it's back to tech death it's like it's like two oh. fate it's two dr jekyll and mr hyde i guess and <sighs> it's like the, the the math rock parts almost feel arbitrary because of that to me it's not like they're badly performed i do i do like them overall too i just in the context of this album i i don't like it i like hear me out riverbed and despectress i can they're so jarring when they come in that i just i want to skip them you know what about that if Inertia was doing, um, like, Trickster, okay? Like, a, a track like Trickster. Mm-hmm. And then Trickster has, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, stop. Back to breakdowns. Isn't that a little gimmicky and kind of, like, hack a little bit? No, Wouldn't I you... feel like that, if it was placed correctly, maybe not in the way that you're describing, but it could it could work. I don't know. it. It's it's so dependent on the artist to execute it correctly for me. So it's, it's really subjective, of course. But we have a math band doing more mathy things on the side tracks. Aren't you happy with that? <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't feel. I I would have liked to see them integrate those parts better into the other songs. Wow, period. You heard that's, first that's, here, guys. Right. That, that's a pretty minor complaint, though, because Despectress and Riverbed are two songs, and I can just skip them if I don't want to hear that style. So that's arguably one of the benefits of having them sort of separate those elements. Do you know what the shitty thing is? Riverbed's a very good track. Like, if you it's listen good. to the track, it's, it's good, good tappy it's, math core. Like, you know, it's... Math rock. But math, yeah, I wouldn't like... Math rock, yes, yes. I wouldn't spin it, though. It's an instrumental as well. Like, the, I don't know. It's So everything else about this album is great, though. So they just... We haven't been getting to this very effectively this episode, but they just dropped their new full-length, their second full-length album, The Human... And we're upset about it. The Human, <laughs> element, <laughs> the human element on December 13th. And um, 
Yeah, first, uh, this band, of course, did themselves a disservice by releasing this in December. We talked about that earlier. But every other quality about this is, is pretty gosh darn good. The production on this album is quite good. It was done by the band's drummer, Doug Griffith Jr., who killed it, in my opinion. He's done basically what is Beneath the Massacre quality to their, their uh, Beneath the Massacre treatment to their production sound. He produced their first album as well, actually. The songwriting is good. Do you feel like their tech death and like more technical parts could really stand toe to toe with some of the best bands in the genre too? You know what, dude? You pretty much said it all right there. Um, you this know, is so good. Like this is like it's criminal that they released it so late in the year, honestly. Because I December feel like December thirteenth. What were you guys? They thinking? did the same thing last year. They dropped their <sighs> Teratoma was released in November or December. It was Q four, if I'm not mistaken. You're all on notice right now. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, overall, though, I would say... Trickster is a great track. You Trickster's identified great. that earlier. Uh, Pink Mist, great opener. Uh, Project December is a beautiful fucking crusher. Yep. What a clo- What a fucking strong... It closes. Strong, it shuts it down. Like, yep. What a strong close this yep. album. I'll give him that. That was like a... Westboro BBQ as well, man. I, 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 I think I, that's the best track on the album myself, personally. It's... And that's probably because it's a bit more math core leaning in the arrangement with that la- that main motif really smacks of We Are the Storm by the Dillinger Escape Plan, but but tech death. Also, <laughs> fuck the Westboro Baptist Church. So whatever the idea of them on fire is wonderful. Something totally we can all agree that. on. Yeah, yeah. Down with that shit. Yeah, that was good. Good title. Good song. Great, great fucking band, too. Like, yeah, it's sort of, um, they should be a lot bigger. It's kind of crazy that this band is not like doing more than just like small regional stuff but they, yeah this is uh, this is really good though I like this a lot wish they had dropped it in Q1 just held off a couple more weeks I think that would have been to their two weeks to their benefit 15, 16 days you would have been there if I had to give it a rating I'd give it a 7 out of 10 I am going on 8 it really brought me to that Beneath the Massacre um, Viremia kind of thing and I just haven't been there in a while and I love it. Yeah, if you need peak tech death with a little bit more diversity in the track listing, this is you're going to enjoy this. My my complaint is pretty hyper specific to be fair. Yep. So. Yep. Cuz yeah, production, songwriting, performances all solid. And that's pretty much my my three metrics I use when I'm like trying to to pull up a rating for a, an album. So what do you think, Mr. Producer? What are we doing for tracks? Westboro BBQ is the one for me. I, I think it's the one for our listeners as well. I mean, Pink Mist, great opening. Trickster as well. But yeah, I feel like Westboro BBQ is the one they need to hear. Pink Mist has a good video, uh, music video as well. Let's oh, go check that, that shit. Yep, yep. Go watch that. Yep. And you need to go watch those Kaunashi music videos as well. Yeah, I'll do it. Math Core Index homework. <laughs> a lot of homework these days. I got friends sending me 20 fucking reels and memes a day. Fucking... Multiple multiple people doing that to me, plus the group chat, plus, it's Nick, hard. plus Nick Prozo sending me <laughs> shit that I am just like, oh, goddamn, Nick, I know I'm not going to like this. <laughs> Why <did> you? <laughs> Nick's going to hear this six months from now and be like, hey. <laughs> we're putting you on blast, too, just like inertia, Nick. All right. right. Anywho, so we're going to play Westboro BBQ, which is track four from Inertia's new album, The Human Element, and that came out on December 13th of 2023. Shame on you. Boo, boo, bad. Just fucking 15, 16 <laughs> days later, you guys could. Anyways, whatever. We're just kidding. We love you. Here we go. Working my mind out, 
right, so that was Westboro BBQ, which is track four from Inertia's new album, The Human Element, which came out on December 13th. Going back for that one. You're welcome. <laughs> it had to be covered. We're we, such dickheads. <laughs> we, we, gave y'all, we gave y'all shit, but like honestly, it's yeah, Ripper. That's this, why we had to cover it. This so. had to be covered because it was, it was just that good. So last, we're going to talk about Serling. And Serling are a mathcore duo from Bowdoin, Doan, Bowdoin, Maine, excuse me. They up there. And they just dropped their new EP, The Hamstead Assignments, on January 19th as part of a compilation containing a remaster of the first EP, The James Bevis Chronicles, which right away I thought was a really interesting choice Can because I do feel like dropping the remaster with this new EP sort of detracts from the fanfare and the significance, especially it's- considering they dropped the remastered tracks in the track listing first it's it's a uh, it's terrible marketing um uh pro tip for serling and usually we don't do this here but i will tell them that they did this completely wrong uh the the the, the digital rollout was a mess to, i agree yeah. to to remaster uh the james belvis thing i totally get it do, do that makes think? sense yeah but then but 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 how but give yourself that extra gas of content and have a second release. Why would you just shove it all together in one thing? And the thing is that or, I I feel like the if anything this this whole album if we are doing it this way where we're all just jam packing this shit together, the shit should have been reversed where it's like you have the first four tracks, two new Serling tracks and then two tracks with Sawtooth Grin and then See You Next Tuesday, right? And then you're like, oh, and by the way, we remastered James Belvis. Because truly, James Belvis came out two years ago. Bevis. Like, Bevis. Like, yeah. like whatever it is. Like, it's it's already it's already been done. Yeah. And, and I mean, I mean, Here's and, the, and also, Serling, how many people are requesting the remastered tracks of, of that? You yeah, know, that's that probably more to like, their, 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 exactly. Yes, they yes. probably weren't happy with the quality, which is, which is fine. I definitely think that Serling has sort of always been lacking production-wise. Yep. Not like to the point where it's debilitating my enjoyment of the band like I still enjoy listening to their music uh, for the most part but they have a DIY uh, production side which I yeah. do respect and I kind of yeah. give them that leeway you know like that you kind of thing it. it's yeah. definitely a DIY thing and uh, being so self-sufficient to definitely has its benefits let's be real but yeah um, I think why that this was such a bad idea specifically just to elaborate on that and get to like the heart of the matter is is that I and everybody else have to skip past these old songs to get to the new batch of tracks. So I think that Thank was you. that was the yes. folly. Yeah. Releasing the making more fanfare around the physical compilation of the two EPs was a mistake when it should have been focusing marketing on the newer material. I With just, all these powerful, very, very good features from Rich Rich of the Sawtooth Grin, Drew Slavic of See You Next Tuesday, Tyler Tremblay of Crippling Alcoholism, X Mouth Breather and Needleplay. So, all bringing incredible uh, features on this. Well, the Drew solo is okay, but so here's the thing, um, uh, Serling. Uh, just uh, as far as like um, myself not being a full musician, um, when you have a an appearance or like a, a feature on a track, right? So let's just say it's Rich from Sawtooth Grin. On my credits on the track, I would say Rich Lombardi of Sawtooth Grin. Or something like that, right? But all you have on your credits is Sawtooth Grin. So am I to understand that Sawtooth Grin 
collaborated with you guys. Oh wait, no, it's just Rich. Okay, so I understand that. I hear Rich's voice, first of all, it kicks in right away, love the track. Now I go to the track with See You Next Tuesday, right? And I hear the track and I gotta be honest with you, Serling, I listened to that track four times where I just still was like, is Fox here? No, like, no, it's true. It's true. Oh, but oh, Christian, interesting. Okay, how would I how would I fucking know that? Because it says featuring See You Next Tuesday. I'm like, wait, right. is the whole band involved? Like that kind of thing? I like, think that's just a labeling thing. Well, it's it's a a labeling it's, misunderstanding. It's a, it's a mislabeling. It's a mislabeling right. from maybe, them. But maybe maybe not from them though. Maybe it's just they have the the, the selection of the artist. You, you can type featuring da 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 da. Right, right. And the that. the actual song. You can title. do that. That's true. Like, that, so basically, what I'm saying is like, it's it's just Serling. All done wrong, man. It's all done wrong, dude. I fucking like it's great with the clubs so, and stuff, but like I don't want to beat him up the, so bad. Let's 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 get into the actual. I'm music ready to tear some assholes apart, dude. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like. Because we're not, yeah. So far, we're we're sort of just discussing the the packaging of this, the execution of this. Release. Oh, so we're gonna Could get have been in, better. So we're gonna get into the music of the four Let's, tracks of the fourteen track album because the other ten tracks we've already covered, right? Yes. Oh, so we're interesting. Going, we're so we're to, just covering the four acid tracks. That's why I said at the beginning album. of this this uh, spiel that we're only talking about the Hemstead assignments versus the entire I mean I guess we sort of did talk about the fucking remaster thing you silly bastard but we had to I mean I guess in in a way we had to sort of address the confusion around the fact that this is two EPs and labeled together and not really presented separately I was confused until you just told me that Drew was not it's not even Fox because the whole time it's like I I, I, I think that may not be their fault I think that they just hit they probably have the option of selecting the band and tagging the band and not the the singular person in the the display also, of the song. Also, I'm, if that makes sense. Once again, I'm not a musician. How the fuck am I supposed to know that Drew, the guitarist, is featured in a track? You hear his solo. I mean, he does a guitar solo on it, but all... Oh, does Drew do a classic Eddie Van Halen solo where I'm like, oh, that's fucking Eddie right there, like that kind of thing? It's like, no. Drew does does, like... What does Drew do specifically? Where like that's a Drew fucking solo. I hear that. That's see no, you next does. Tuesday, he brother. Does, though it's a very Drew solo, arguably in my opinion. It's just not I'm really. I'm upset. It's just not super standout. <laughs> and you're right. If you're not paying attention, it can absolutely just fucking pass you by. I so listened I to the track four I, times in a row. I understand. And confused. I understand. Like, I'm like, where's the see you next Tuesday in this track? I just hear Serling. I hear like, you. I know like, exactly. I can see exactly why that would just pass you right the fuck. All right. Back, I just had sure. to no, no. I I agree. It's not like a great standout feature, but it's there and I recognized it and I just had to and I'll admit it makes sense so thank you for clarifying because like I was like oh so Drew's involved I will also say that I didn't even notice that that was fucking Drew on the track until I had listened to it several times as well and I was like oh okay I knew it wasn't Fox I just could not literally comprehend where his solo was coming in because it was just kind of wallpaper yep 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 so but so yeah so we we got the we got the the marketing out of the way let's I mean the production I will say is sort of on par with Serling's last stuff, which is very DIY. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We mentioned and that. I, I that is sort of a complaint for me as well. I, I wish at, at this point I really just want to hear this band go to a professional studio and put a, a full length album. Yes, that's what I that's what I want to hear Serling do now. It's like we've given we've gotten so many you know mul- we've gotten multiple EPs, remaster of EPs. Like you know, how about an actual album with some just even marginally better production, I think, would serve them so well. I think that's a. I think that's holding them back a great deal. At this at this, at this point, something unique 
on top of having just a guitar feature, I guess, on your fucking track, uh, which is very interesting. Um, uh, I think that, that was that was maybe a foible, but the other two features I think were were great. I kay. mean, I, I feel like Tyler kills his part. It's a great feature from him. I love his vocals, honestly. I thought they always stood out in Mouth Breather. I thought that he fronted needle play very competently. But Tyler's Rich, great, man. Rich brought a game for his feature for this fucking this EP. Uh, they wasted no time. It is, he is point two seconds. Boom! He's just fucking just rich, and they're like, oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> it's like holy right fucking shit! Like, the, yeah, like, like the strangled <laughs> cat. Um, but yo, I, I do want to say mathcore um, James Brown. My my love my love for that ending track where it's uh the track is a piano uh in the house melody and oh, f. God damn it! It's it's interesting because I think it's the first time I've heard a piano breakdown. That's so funny you say that. Yeah, it's like a, the, the mechanics dun, of it are dun, a breakdown. Dun, 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 dun. It slows it down. It's like, it's a piano breakdown. I'm like, God damn it. I'm like, because I was a little confused. I didn't and, see it as such, but since you point that out, it's yeah. It's a piano it, breakdown. It's absolutely a piano. They're using the breakdown mechanics very astutely. Like, yeah. yep, thank you. Thank you. But yeah, it's just, uh, so I would say. And the retardando, classically. Dude, so I would say that, man, that, again, we, but, we gave a lot of critiques here. Right. Yeah, we really beat them up right out of the gate. <laughs> Kick the can, my favorite track. Same, yeah, Rich, super, super good. It, that was not that was not a mistake to have him sort of lead that track off. But <laughs> I, I don't. I want to. I don't know. Maybe I'm just overloading this band with fucking so nitpicky critiques. But too many features and wasted real estate on a very small EP. I, I understand what they were trying to do, though. I think that they were probably thinking, again, speaking of marketing perspectives, that bringing in the features would bring more attention to this re- release. And thusly, it probably did having See You Next Tuesday, Sawtooth, and Crippling Alcoholism's pages, presumably all sharing their EP. Always keep the director's cuts and the extras or at the end of the movie. Why would you put everything? I just It's so interesting. Just like We didn't like, need the piano track either. That was that was just... Yeah. That was not necessary. Yes. But anyways, uh, I, 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 Serling, just in general, uh, it, it's a two-piece. Still, I mean, they, they throw down shit and everything like that, you know. The but, issue uh, is nothing, nothing is changing or evolving for this band significantly enough for me, anyway, from my perspective. I don't see them advancing stylistically in terms of like their songwriting. It's very much the same as it's been since the James Bevis Chronicles, which is good. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, often I think of Cliffordville still fucking hits me to this day really, really hard. Yeah. The thing is though, I, but it's like, it hasn't gotten better, significantly better. Even, and nor has the production, even the remaster. Like, what are we doing? I don't, I don't even hear I, the I difference. I don't hear the difference. I still I don't hear, hear the, the same reverbed yeah. vocals and stuff. Like, I don't hear it. I don't notice anything. So, like, I don't know what's going on here. Like, once again, like... I, like <laughs> We're still failing to even talk about what this music sounds like, is what I just also realized, well, we too. Got, well, what do we got? We got two tracks, and we got two tracks... Let me know, describe what features. the music... For people who don't know what Serling sounds like, we're sort of failing to, to fill them in Look on what the up. sound is. Go- Google well, it. No, it's our... That's, <laughs> that, you, asshole, that's our job, though. We gotta tell them. So, yeah, it basically is very breakdown and dissonant-heavy mathcore slash deathcore with a lot of pitch shifting not whammy pedal pitch shifting but like um pitch shifting adding 
you know, harmonization that isn't actually there because it's a two piece. So they use pedals to kind of like fill out that sonic space a bit more. And he's playing an extended range, like a, a seven or eight string. So it's got that low end. And I can see why arguably they wouldn't necessarily need a bassist, I suppose. But yeah, I think that's the next step for this band is to expand their lineup. And um, I, I think that would also give them a much heavier sound live too, frankly. I feel like the seventh string takes care of the lowness, but yeah, the bassist adds uh, that extra layer. The, the bass cab actually pushes that air. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, man. I, overall, I'd say Kick the Can is the, is the fave track yeah, here, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. just, um, yeah, it, it's just, uh, yeah, it, game on, man. Like, <laughs> Levi, me. that is like, that is that is when you just, when you say game on, man, that is like, after you just I like deliver, you just shit on something and you're like, what can I say about this to just sort of impart that I don't actually I mean, hate it? I but. don't like to, I don't like to hit you, but I have to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing else about Levi. As the episode progresses, he gets drunker and progressively angrier thusly. So I feel like this is why Serling is just getting the shit kicked out of him right now. Oh, I'll stand by this no matter what, dude. I know. I'll stand Same. by this shit. But I think you would have been nice. We had conversations about this. We had conversations. Christian. We did. We had conversations about this. Don't do I'm this. not trying to rewrite history. I'm just trying to put you on blast. Gosh. I, but also appropriate because I just put Sterling on blast too. So right, we'll, right. We'll, do, we'll do that. Tit for tat on their behalf. I'm going to bad for you, Sterling. But here's the thing. But also Sterling bad. <laughs> so yeah, kick the can. Obviously the best track here uh, just rich bringing the a game even though the drew feature isn't as like prevalent as i wanted it to be on eye of the beholder i love the groove behind that track it was really reminding me of dysphoria uh the ukrainian mathcore deathcore band i would really liken this band to dysphoria just overall in a lot of ways and their kind of approach so if i had to give this a rating i give it a six out of ten i you know deducting some points for the production maybe just not shining as brightly as I want to. Maybe it just, it hasn't, they haven't significantly changed enough. I just, I really want to hear, you know, a more polished version of what this band is doing, I guess on a broader scale. Mm -hmm. And because, yeah, also the rollout just being a mess as well too, really was bothersome to, from like a consumer perspective, trying to enjoy as an established fan of the band, trying to enjoy the new EP. This was annoying to have to skip past shit. I've already heard in what is arguably sort of an unnecessary remaster to begin with. Thank you. Um, on that note, I will give it a five, but it, um, once again, we, we are covering the full release of this. And I it's hard for me to give... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, 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 but I cover that. But like, if, it's, if if Serling would have just dropped a four to five track EP of just collabs and everything... Yep, no, but yeah, uh, game on, man. Just fucking... Um, uh, yeah, I don't want to like be overly critical of this band. It, it is it is honestly painful because I like them as people. I like the band, but, um, but even it, our we, favorite, we can do better. But even our favorite track, it's a vocal f- feature, which is... Like, fucking you know at the end of the yeah, album in, in our book that's sadly a negative uh yeah it's like when, when the feature song is the best song i don't think that's an indication of the 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 release itself being especially strong you leaning could, on the strength of features is not a good sign naturally certainly did not ex- like they don't ask us to review this but like there's no way that i'm going to re-review 10 tracks no of course from not. something that i yeah. fucking already this is about the hamstead assignments <laughs> what i liked about track two is that it sounded better than the track two from before did it did it did like that kind of yeah stuff like i that. mean we, we discussed the 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 lack of virtue behind the remaster it did, really didn't seem like it was significantly better period but that being said 
if you're a fan of this band, you're going to want to hear this. If you're a fan of breakdown, heavy, down-tuned, uh, mathcore, deathcore hybridization, you're probably going to enjoy this. The features fucking smack. So I would definitely point to those as, as being good. But yeah, we're going to play a Kick the Can for you, which is track eight from, or from the ham, from the comp. See, this is why it's so annoying. The ha- it's, it's from the Hampstead Assignments. Thank you. The, the, the ending, yes, the, 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 the part we're covering, basically. <laughs> yes, and that came out on <clears throat> January 19th. Here we go. So that was Kick the Can, and that's off Serling's new EP, The Hamstead Assignments, and that came out back in January. Celeste, we're going to give you a quick few pieces of news here. So Botch just announced support for their European tour, their final tour, and it's Great Falls. Fucking well, well deserved for Great Falls. I just had to, to say that because I feel like that band deserves... When I saw the lineup, I was like, damn! Okay. 
Furthermore, that that release was so good. I listening to it again. I'm like, damn, this probably should have cracked my top ten with how fucking quality it is. It's it's excellent. So yeah, just uh, kudos to Great Falls. They deserve it. Dying fetus played. This is not even mathcore, Jason. But I just had to talk about the fact that dying fetus played a fucking uh, a hardcore festival, FYA, I think, in Tampa and received like the warmest welcome that you could possibly imagine. Of course, hardcore kids are going to throw down hard as fuck for dying fetus because they have parts you can really dance to, like for real. It is the one band that should be there. That. It makes so much goddamn sense. I can just feel they're like, oh, damn, this is so much more lit than a fucking death metal show. <laughs> I mean, because what hardcore kids playing death metal has always been like one of the, the greatest things about the newest generation of fucking death metal bands, in my opinion, in deathcore in general, as they've just sort of like breathed new life into the genre uh, with adding the the crowd participation element of metalcore. We as humans... We want the chunky riffs. Yeah, we do. We want the want the body. Mm-hmm. How bad is this new mini eyes material? This new single, future proof, is fucking horrendously awful. Haven't listened to it yet. <sighs> I am such a fan of Keith Buckley, but this just feels like I knew this was all gonna happen. Nothing's gonna be the same as the fucking two bands that broke up. God damn it, everybody! There's Why? hope. There's hope for better lovers, but I do not oh, think whatever. That- they're, they have 16 tracks in the works, apparently, for their new LP. I have faith in, in that. Can't wait to review it. it it's, I think the problem for Buckley is that his instrumentalists are not as comp- not even a fraction as competent as the people he's worked with before. So that I think that was a folly. His, his new, I don't want to say that like a person of his profile should have absolutely 100% have taken somebody with an equally high profile, but... Yeah, I don't think he did any any favors for himself here because the material that they're putting out is just boring and uh, I feel I a feel, little Jesusy maybe too subtly. I feel the the downside and also kind of understandable like situation with how every time I die left it was very abrupt and short. Dillinger it was planned, you know that kind of thing. Right. Where Dillinger, you know, they they had a they, farewell. They, they had they had a farewell. They knew where they were going. They started chatting with people. Every time I die, ended in a fucking terrible internet fight, and then everybody just scrapped and Very were public. doing different projects. And I just I feel like the just the the tone and the air, just the flavor, like it, it the universe probably wasn't going to be working for these guys. You know, just everybody was so polarized and everything. So I just I I, I like. When Dillinger broke up, I was like, okay, I could see, you know, Greg doing something. I could see everybody else kind of like Their breakup has out. not been clean either, so it's not really a good analog considering that Puciato and uh, Weinman are so divorced from one another that, you know, he's yeah. basically, you're not invited to the, to the fucking party. You know, he basically fired Puciato and brought back Dimitri. Such to toxicity. Do... It's so bizarre. It just, it sucks. Not happy about that. Uh, now I'm mad. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's a good way to end the podcast. So the Arm just announced uh, a European tour. Not even a mathcore band anymore, but I think we're sort of obligated to talk about it. I guess, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, they are not mathcore at all. Not, not anymore. <laughs> anymore. It's so, uh, but it's so different now. Yeah, we'll give you another few. Like we'll give you like another year. Those, see what happens here. Those so. chaotic elements still peek through here and there, yep. but yeah, by and large. Let's see what else here. Uh, 
Standards just dropped a new single called Cosmos. And I gotta say, this is the most exciting shit this band has dropped since their first two EPs. Like, I'm the most excited that I've ever been since then. Fruit Island was boring. Not good. Not good. Um, Marcos, fucking hopefully he's got them some shit going on here. I will say that Marcos Mena has incredible fucking work ethic and just in the face of insane odds has kept this project going. In, in Almost just facing absolute catastrophe has kept the fucking band going through multiple drummers, uh, I think I controversy think surrounding earlier the, the, the very first drummer. The first drummer, yep, yep, yep. Uh, just and deservedly so has kept the project going just through sheer will and talent. I mean, fucking dude can just really play. And uh, even though I don't necessarily like vibe with some of the material from the last couple album cycles, this is promising as hell. And I feel like it's a return to form, and the same level of excitement is there from him. Uh, yeah, it's just really good. It's it's I, a fucking good. It's the, maybe the chorus is not super strong, but like the, the arrangement is very like technical. You know, a lot of bands that are like you know three to six piece uh, projects, uh, they might not survive so many like um, like re rehashing of the lineup. You know, yeah. So but many thankfully, iterations. with a two piece project, you only got to replace one person. It's the drummer. It's not a vocal person. Blah blah blah, and. Hopefully it's not through problematic shit. The first one uh, that we're just uh, hopefully just um, you know uh, it, this work. I mean, I think that standards has been still continuously going, and there's no drama. Even though Marcos has probably been through what four to five drummers <laughs> by now, yeah, like five or six drummers, five or six. I think. You know, like damn. But uh, yeah, it's we, great we've to had, see. Uh, we had the first person. We had Kynwin. We had Forrest. And there's like good reason why all these people have departed the band. Like Kynwin like wanted to take care of her, take care of themselves uh, and their personal health. Um, <clears throat> Forrest is obviously the drummer of Covet. Yep. Uh, I can't remember the name of the last couple other drummers that were in between, but <laughs> Moises is the is the new drummer, as I recall, is their name. And they're fucking killing it. They, their chops are insanely good, and they just seem like they're having a good time playing in the band. So, I think I think it's uh, it's very promising for the future of this band. Yeah, granted, we haven't been we've been pretty critical of standards last few releases, but this is this is promising as hell. So I'm excited for more standards. I do like what they contribute to the math rock scene. So, Internet Love Scam just dropped another new single featuring our boy Daryl of Forests, and if you like. You like that sasscore sound, you know, a la CU Space Cowboy and the bands that inspired them, like Heavy Heavy Lolo and Duck Duck Goose. I think you'll you'll vibe with this. Personally, I like the first single a little better, but I think there's probably a larger release behind this too. Rest in peace, Telos, blackened mathcore band. Sort of the the band that put blackened mathcore on the map next to Noise Trail Immersion. I mean, it's such a a narrow genre in general. With less, I, I did less than ten practitioners that I could personally name who are like, in my mind, embody the combination of actual black mm-hmm, mm-hmm, black metal mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, mathcore. But yeah, so it's so sad to see them go. But just kudos to fucking Victor and company for keeping this project going for an entire decade. And I'm really honored that they gave me a special shout out in this announcement too. Like that was. 
that didn't need to do that, but yeah, that really made me like love feel, that shit, dude. That made me feel a certain kind of way because we really put them on very early on in their career, and um, it's great to see how far that they came and how far Victor has gone. Now he's fronting Eyes and LLNN, and I think some other bands too. So, anyway, sad to see that band call it quits. Bunch of good shit just dropped the other day. Meth dropped their new album, Shame, and Utopia dropped their new album, Shame. So it was Double Shame Day. Come, double Shame Day, and also might be covering all that shit in the next episode here. So Might definitely. Might definitely. <laughs> Let's see here. Pupil Slicer just I was just going to say, Pupil Slicer kicking that shit off. Yep, they got a uh, European tour, their first headlining tour. Playing Blossom in full. People Slicer come to the U.S. No, I wish, but uh, they're playing uh, a Europe run of European dates with Coil Guns, who just put out a split with somebody. Can't remember. Cut that. That's it. I think that's all I got. Okay. All right. So I guess that about wraps it up for the 110th episode of Mathcast. I'm your host Christian, and I'm your co-host Levi. And we'll be, and I'm your co-host Levi. You sound like uh, I just imagine you with like your hands behind your back, like oh shucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to go more like NPR. Okay. <laughs> and I'm your co-host Levi. There you go. <laughs> and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful. <laughs>